Good morning, church. Good to see you this morning. Excited about the word this morning. You know, often when in preparation there's, there's a wrestling, uh, but God always does a work in me before uh, the word is delivered. And it is a beautiful thing to be in the house of the Lord, to share his truths, to know that all his promises are yes and amen, to know that he is doing a work in us constantly. Isn't that true, saints? This morning's message is called, Do You Hear Him? I was... Uh, with my family last weekend, it, it, was, it was my birthday last weekend, so my kids came and they were all home, and, and I have three children, and they have not been home all at the same time in well over six months. And as, as they were there, and, and my future daughter-in-law was there as well, I was just thinking about how something that was our everyday, your kids are all there, has changed, and now it becomes a special occasion. So, so the greatest gift that I received was just be, them being at home and us being together. And it, it, I, it ministered to me because I, I thought to myself, you know, nothing stays the same. Everything changes. There's two constants in life, change and God. God is always the same, and we can bank on that. But the other constant in life is change. Everything changes. But at the same time, as we look at those things, we are moving toward eternity. And God is always speaking. The question is, can you hear it? Are you listening? Can you see what he is doing? And even in our lives, God speaks in parables. God, in his words, spoke in parables. Jesus told stories that were natural stories that people could understand. But it always had a spiritual lesson behind it. And what I say to you this day is in our everyday life, God does the same thing. We just have to be aware and look at the signs that are presented to us often. Our text this morning is in Matthew chapter 16. We're going to read the first Four verses, so if you don't mind, please stand for the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 16, I'll be reading out of the CSB. And the word of God reads this way. The Pharisees and Sadducees approached, and testing him, asking him to show them a sign from heaven. And he replied, when evening comes, you say, it will be good weather because the sky is red. And in the morning, today will be stormy because the sky is red and threatening. You know how to read the appearance of the sky, but you can't read the signs of the time. 
an evil and adulterous generation demands a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. Then he left them and went away. We thank you for your word, Lord. We feed on your word because it is our nourishment. It is food for our souls. It is health to our bones, Lord. It is rest for our hearts, Lord. It is comfort, Father. It is truth, Lord, where we are so inundated with lies. Give us ears to hear this morning as you do a work in each one of our hearts. We thank you, Lord, that your word is powerful, that your word is at work that your children know your voice, Lord. Teach us to recognize your voice, Father, through your word, but through the everyday encounters and the mundane things of life you are speaking, Lord. Give us eyes to see. Bless us this day. Feed your children, we ask. We need you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they, they approach Jesus to test him. And they ask them not only to show us a sign, but show us a sign from heaven. It's odd because if you know about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, uh, they uh, were two separate groups that were at odds with each other often. They thought differently, and they were not normally uh, friendly towards each other. But here you see them come together to go against Jesus. Because as the saying says, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Often you see that um, in society. You see coalitions of people that don't have things in common, but a common enemy. And those things can be very dangerous, and in other ways it can be good. But here we see that the Pharisees and the Sadducees came together and that they could not see. The question is, why couldn't they see? It's the same question that plagues people today. They could not see because they were on their own agenda. They, they were so blinded in what they wanted that they could not see what was right before their eyes. They such had an idea in their minds the way the Messiah was going to come back that him being right in front of them, they couldn't see that it was him. Wow. What we also notice in this text is that when Jesus speaks to the Pharisees and Sadducees, he addresses not only their condition, but the condition of the whole generation. He says, an evil and adulterous generation demands a sign. Wow. So often uh, when uh, there is a move in a certain directive is in the collective. So often... Of when leaders can't see, what they're going to do is lead other people in the wrong place. 
the blind leading the blind. That's in the church. That's why you got to be careful what church you go to. That's in homes. That's in everyday society. It's in all the information that we take in and the direction that things are going in. We have to be mindful of all those things. It said that he replied, meaning Jesus, when evening comes, you say, it'll be good weather because the sky is red. And in the morning today will be stormy because the sky is red and threatening. You know how to read the appearance of the sky, but you can't read the signs of the times. He is saying to them, you're good meteorologists, but you're clueless when it comes to eschatology. They were so ignorant of the end times that they could not see the reign of God right before them. You're good weathermen, but you cannot relate the word to what God is doing in the times that you're living in. You see things in the natural, but are you translating those things to what is spiritually going on? Having natural eyes to see, but not spiritual eyes to see. The text went on and said, an evil and adulterous generation demands a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. Then he left them and went away. Here he's saying demanding a sign. Here demanding a sign is called evil, is called adulterous. Uh, adulterous meaning spiritual prostitution. God shows signs. We, we've seen him so, shown signs in throughout the whole Bible. Abraham, uh, when he was called by God, God put him in a trance and performed a covenant right before him. He, he showed a sign to Gideon. Right? When, when he called Gideon to something, he, called, he showed the sign to Joshua uh, when he's um, standing there in battle and the sun stood still. Those are signs. And even in our own lives, there are times when God has shown us signs, particularly for new believers. I, I remember being a new believer and God doing all kind of things. Why? to teach me to trust him, to build my faith. He will do that because he, he loves us. He wants us to know I'm real, I'm here, I'm active, and I'm involved in your everyday life. But it comes a, a point in the Christian walk where you should be well aware that God is with you. And he will do what he says he will do. And at that point, when you're looking for confirmation for every single thing, it's problematic. Because it shows a lack of trust. It shows that you're forgetting the history that you have with him and how he's brought you through time and time again. They asked for a sign. They had seen and heard of Jesus performing many, many things. And what did they attribute it to? 
He said he's doing that through the power of Beelzebub. Yeah, he's doing things. It's just um, not uh, from God. So, so they asked for a specific sign. They wanted a sign of their choosing. Be careful of that. Because we do that at times. God, if you want me to do this, show me in this way. Or if I don't see God moving a certain way and what I have in my mind, the way God moves, the way the Holy Spirit moves, what he should do, then I'm questioning if God is there at all. Be careful with that. This is what they were guilty of. He said, I'm going to give you a sign. I'm going to give you a sign of divine revelation, the sign of Jonah. What was that? That is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's how he proved to Israel he was the Messiah. Do you see the signs of the time? Because the Messiah has come. And in another text, it says that I will show you only the sign of Jonah. Jonah went to Nineveh and proclaimed the word of God. I'm right here, but you're not listening. But in Nineveh, they did. He, he said in another text, uh, alluding to the same thing, I will be in the belly of the fish for three days. In the same way uh, that Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, I will be in the earth for three days. And as we spoke about the resurrection on Friday night in Bible study, the way he confirmed that what I, what I did in Jesus is sufficient, he rose from the grave. So that we would know that he is who he says he is. That we would know that the price he paid satisfied God's wrath and that we could partake in being God's children and being called the righteous and him taking our sin and guilt away. They didn't want to be taught by him. They wanted to, to tempt him. The word sign here meant much more than a demonstration of miracles and power because he had already shown that. They wanted him to confirm the way they wanted him to confirm that he was God. Same temptation he went through in the wilderness with the devil. If you are who you say you are, then do what I tell you to do. That's not the way God operates. The kingdom of heaven was at hand, and they didn't see the visitation of the Lord. What, what should have happened in their life? How should they have been moved? What should they have seen? The same thing that we should see. The same way that a doctor looks at symptoms and makes a, a prognosis we should be doing the same thing. We should be able to identify the motions and methods of God's providence. Not all of them, because God's ways are not like our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. We can't figure all of that out. But there is enough there for us to daily see God is active. God is at work. God is not only present, but he is moving. 
thing and he is doing something. I remember when um, we were in Zambia and, and, I, and I lived there for, for six months and it's like a mountaintop experience. You see the hand of God moving and I came back and I thought I was going to be a missionary. And I had some money saved up, so I didn't go back to work for a while. You know, we, things done changed. And, and as time went on, I was like, God, what, what, what am I, I going to do? Do I, do I go back to plumbing? And it basically was like, if you want to eat. And he's so impressed on my heart. I operate in the mundane. And the regular things in life, as you wake up in the morning and go to bed, I'm there, I'm present, I'm moving. In the same way you had those experiences and my hand was moving in your everyday walk. You're my child. I'm using you. You might have been across the world doing something, but when you go to the workplace, does the guy standing next to you need me as well? If um, you understand the times, it affects the way you live. It affects what you do. If you are clueless about the times, it affects the way you live. It, it affects what you do. The end times is not a length of time. It's not a duration. It's a kind of time. It's, it's a type of time. We are in the end times. We, we are amongst the spirit of this age. Are we aware? In Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. In the Amplified, it says, The knowledge of my law, where." I reveal my will because you, the priestly nation, have rejected knowledge. I will also reject you from being my priests since you have forgotten the law of your God. I will also forget your children. God called Israel as he calls us, his remnant, his people, to be his priests to go out in the world and to proclaim his name, to live holy and righteous lives as his representatives. But he said, since, since you don't even have knowledge of me and you're displaying that in the things you do, the things you say, the places you go, because of that and you've rejected it, I reject you as my priest. Let that not be said about us. Not only have I rejected you as my priest, because you aren't walking in my ways, it doesn't only affect you. When we're acting up and acting a fool and doing all kind of stuff, it doesn't only affect us. Right here it even shows I reject your children. Not in a way because of what you've done, your children, I'm going to punish them, but because of what you do, there's a result that comes to your children. That, that's something very important for us to understand. 
So many of us can say, whoa, I messed up a lot then. But we can't go back there, but we have today. And if God's will, we have tomorrow. So, so what are we going to do now? Jesus spoke in parables while he was here on earth. Jesus speaks in parables to us in our everyday life even now. Providence, in many ways, is a sermon from God that we can trace in every step that we take in life. If we have ears to hear, we can hear it. Everyday living points us to eternity. If we are aware, if we're attentive, God is always instructing. He's always revealing. He's always warning. Do you discern it? Do you see the signs and are you heeding his instruction? When I'm saying he speaks in parables every day, this is what I mean. Here's a parable. You woke up this morning with no clothes. You took a shower. You went into your closet. You put on fine garments. Was God not speaking? What if you would have opened your eyes this morning? found yourself in blazing light, standing before the Lord. Sinner, what if you woke up this morning naked, standing before the king of the universe? How do you close your, clothe yourself? Where do you run to? You can't hide. There's no fig leaf there for you to cover your nakedness. If in this life you threw away the wedding garment, you just discarded it, the righteousness of Christ. That is what that wedding garment is. What will you do? Hebrews 4.13 says, no creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eye of him to whom we must give an account. Can you defend yourself on your own merit? I think not. For the sinner, that would be a great day of terror where many will be thrown into out of darkness in a place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's what the Bible says. For the one who was not clothed with the wedding garment, the righteousness of Christ. That's his destiny. But praise the Lord, you did wake up this morning and you got dressed. But remember this, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You put on your clothes. God spoke in another parable. You went to your family. Maybe, maybe your children gathered around the breakfast table. And you ate. 
think about God as our father and us being his children. Should we be any place else but in his presence? Think about the table that God sets before us. The bread, which is Jesus' body. The wine, which is Jesus' blood. He said, I offer this to you. Go buy what? What I'm offering to you is free. It's bread that satisfies. Sinner, why you go hungry and thirsty trying to buy food that's never going to satisfy? Day after day, we go to work. And there's another parable. Because we come from work and the sun goes down. And we recognize and get everything I wanted to get done today. The time seems so short. Last night, last week, when I just had an outburst, like, I'm in Caleb's ministry now. In, in, in one hand, it, it was, hey, I made it. In another hand, it was, I'm 55 years old. Life is quick. The, the sun is going down. We, we'll be moving on from this place. It's a parable in itself. Do you hear it? Do you see it? Are you paying attention to these things in your life? 1 Peter 4, 7 says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 9, we must do the work of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. We need to take heed of these things. In our prayer time in the back, we were just talking about how people try to stay in such physically good shape, but not thinking about eternity at all. I was having a conversation with one of my friends about that yesterday and said, talking about watching what we eat and our bodies getting older. And I said, you know, I, I try to do those things, but not to the degree where it becomes such a priority. We, we, we need to take care of ourselves. But God has your days numbered. This is not our home. You best put effort into who God is and what's going to happen on the other side of eternity because we're all headed there. When you lock your doors at night, is he not teaching you a parable about those that are shut in and those that are shut out? Isaiah 55, 6, 
says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. Let the wicked one abandon his ways and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, to our God, for he will freely forgive. Noah was building an ark and warning and warning while he was building that ark. And the day came for Noah and his family to go inside that ark. Noah didn't close the door. God closed the door. And when he closed the door, it started raining. It's like locking the door in your house. And the floods came. And there was those that were shut in. And then there were those that were shut out. Rain came and covered the earth. God's remnant was shut in. Looking outside of yourself, speaking in parables, we can see what's going on all around us each and every day. 2 Timothy 3 says, but understand this. Pastor Angelo, would you give me a tissue, please? Understand this. In the last days, terrible times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. Thank you. Lovers of themselves. We see that. Lovers of money. We see that. Boastful, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, without love of good, without love of good. That's the generation that we live in, traitorous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's the state we live in today. Do you not see it? This is a parable from the Lord. Having a form of godliness. Having a form of godliness. You see it every day, but denying its power, turn away from such as these. God said that this would happen. He daily speaks to you and me in parables. But he has given us the Holy Spirit. He is with us. Scripture tells us, therefore, do not lack any spiritual gifts as you eagerly await the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will sustain you to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God 
who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. It's faithful. You can come up, worship team. God is speaking to us daily in parables. By his grace, he uses these everyday normal circumstances to get our attention. Jesus used those stories so that they could understand the spiritual principles behind the things that were going on. The Pharisees, so blinded on what they wanted, could predict the weather. Say, oh, it seems like this is going to happen, and there's a necessity for that. That's good. But not if we're spiritually blind to all the things that are going on. That's for the unbeliever, but that's for the believer too. Some are saved. Amen. But unaware of everything that's going on around them. The believer cannot be demonically possessed. But you can certainly be influenced. You can certainly be oppressed by the evil one. Consider this for a minute. He's lost you to the kingdom of God. You're safe and secure. But he's not going to stop making sure you are as ineffective as possible. See, because when you recognize I have the word of God in me, I have the power of God in me, I have the Holy Spirit in me, I've been called to a purpose, and I'm and fulfill that purpose. That's what the devil is afraid of. When you're a prayer warrior, when you're an evangelist, when you're using your God-given gifts and talents for the glory of God, they couldn't pull on her. They knew when she showed up, they were in trouble by him. As an instrument of righteousness, his holy priesthood. Isaiah 40, starting at verse 28, reads this way. Do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the end earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding is beyond searching out. He gives power to the faint and increases the strength of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stubble and fall. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and will not faint. That's the church. That's you and me, saint.
Don't even give the enemy a partial victory in your life. Because it's not about you and me. It's about what God has called us to do. We, we fall into these pity parties and so self-focused and all of this kind of stuff, and that's what the devil wants. Hey, got his eye on himself again. No. Look at Joseph in the midst of the dungeon. Looked at others and said, why did you wake up downcast this day? He, he could have been in a pity party. Look what my family did to me. Then I was a slave and now I'm in the dungeon. But he wasn't so self-focused that he didn't recognize who he was. And look what God did in his life. Let's stand for prayer, saints. We're going to open up these altars. If you have been missing those daily parables that God has been showing you each and every day, if you've been in a place where because you have been so self-focused, you got sidetracked from the mission. If, if you heard these words of life for the first time today and said, I surrender, God, I need you. I want you to come. If you need to be prayed over because you need a refreshing as we just read in Isaiah chapter 40, I want you to come. God renews our spirit man. God refreshes. God will give us what we need to continue on another day. So much bigger than what you're going through. Don't allow that to blind you. It's not about your own agenda. It's about the king and what he's called us to. So as Heather sings this song, come to the altar. Let's spend a time of reflection, reflection and then we're going to pray.